motion right to left. Mayfield throws, bubble screen left. Here's Phelps, 30, 25. He's back, 20, still going, 15. He's in the 10, 5, touchdown. Mayfield pulls it down now on the run. Welcome back to a uh, Victory Monday edition of Nothing Rhymes with Orange. This is Riley. I'm joined by my co-host, Corey Kennan. How's it going, buddy? How are you feeling on this Victory Monday? Hey, a dub is a dub. It was ugly, but it was a dub. Ugly dubs are still dubs. I'm glad you said it. It was uh, kind of an ugly win, but, you know, that's that's not going to – there's not going to be a little footnote in next to the W in the win column. So, you know, it's not going to say that. It was ugly, and, you know, ugly wins need love, too. Absolutely. You know, uh, sprinkle a little bit of – I mean, it's not luck. You don't like to see players go down with injuries. But, I mean, Davis Mills was a significant downplay from Tyrod Taylor in the second half, but might have made the defense look better than they actually played. Uh, but, you know, hey, we'll take it. We'll take it dub. Get in the win column. We're there. We're back to 500. Yeah, yeah, you said it. I mean, it was definitely a little uh, little nerve-wracking uh, when Tyrod was still in there and kind of just moving the ball at will almost. He was kind of picked up right where he left off against the Jags. Maybe it wasn't just they were playing the Jags. Maybe Tyrod is, you know, not as awful as we thought he was, you know. And now he's going to miss four weeks that came out today. He can miss up to four weeks. Worst luck ever, dude. And Davis Mills is probably going to ball out, and then they're never going to let him play again. Well, he has this to his advantage this time. The past two quarterbacks, one was a first overall pick and a sixth overall pick. Much different than a third-round pick. But, you know, if he is the most unlucky quarterback, then a Davis Mills ball out would be be, uh, quite the indicator. The Tarod Taylor curse. We'll see if it uh, strikes again, but... Um, yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit. I guess what was your biggest kind of takeaway from how well the Texans played and how kind of uh, – what's a, what's a good word to describe the way the Browns play? Is it meh? Is it uh, – It was uh, – I mean, the second half was fine. It was just like we're up. They have Davis Mills. Let's just like kill the clock. So that's what the whole second half was. Uh, so I don't even know if I would call it gritty, but I would just call it like smart football. Like that's what the offense was. They didn't put up a ton of points, but they like moved the ball. They killed the clock. They got in the end zone. Like it's, it is what it is. Uh, it wasn't what I was expecting. I would have hoped for a little bit more as well, but offensively, I I think they still looked fine, especially running the football. Um, the only thing I would say about the offense, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit later, is that it just it, it looked like 2020. It looked like everything was pulling teeth to try to move the ball down the field. Um, whereas last week they were taking vertical shots, they were they were shooting the ball down the field. Don't got anything like it, it just lacked that this week. Um, so it, it's hard to tell what what the cause of that was because you still had Anthony Schwartz, you still had David Njoku in the field. Jarvis Landry is not stretching the field anyway, so I don't really think that was an issue, but I think definitely Baker's shoulder was an issue, and maybe that's a good thing to talk about. Uh, yeah, we we had, like you said, we had our own uh, quarterback injury scare. Um, I For a split second, I was like, oh, my God, are we about to be rolling with Case Keenum for the rest of yeah. the year? And I'm sure every Browns fan was kind of holding their breath there for a little bit, but it was good to see him come back in. Uh, the way he was hobbling around, like, 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. And he yeah. ran to the locker room and right back out real fast too. So you see him going to the locker room and you're like, Oh God, as, as much as people want to remain optimistic, if case Keenum is your starting quarterback, you are not winning a lot of games. You are not making the playoffs. And so like, I saw the season there for a second kind of flash and I was like, Oh no, Oh no. But he hopped right back out. So, you know, season wasn't killed after week two and here we are. Or Case Keenum comes in and kills it and destroys any of Baker's leverage in contract talks. <laughs> oh, man. I think yours is a little more likely, but, you know, there's, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> hey, he did it with the Vikings with Pat Shermer throwing for, like, what, 13 touchdown passes on the season? Let him do this. And then made, like, $18 million the next season? NFC Championship game, yes. People forget. <laughs> he dink and ducked yes. his way to an $18 million contract. Thank God. Uh, thank God it, Baker's okay. Let's just, oh, yes. let's just count our blessings. But yes. um, some other injury news. Uh, we are we have lost Jarvis Landry for um, – He's they say he's week to week, but his injury is kind of more of like a, anywhere from like two to six weeks, I think is what I saw. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be out with him for a while. And um, Jedrick Wills also left the game um, hurt again. I'm not really sure. I think that he may have just tried to play hurt and – I think that's what it was as well. Injury worse. Yeah. So that's good. But uh, he was replaced by Blake Hans, who, you know, at least we know his name now. Yeah, we know his name. Uh, That dude, I mean, good for him, though. Went from, I don't know if this guy's going to make the roster to your swing tackle in week two. So uh, I I didn't notice negatives out of it. So, I mean, I guess that's a good thing you can say. I, I hope Chris Hubbard is back in the near future, or I, I just hope Jedrick Wills is healthy in the near future. Maybe give him a week off. We'll see. But uh, I didn't think he played terribly. Um, but injury-wise, that I think they, they dodged a lot. I mean, Malik McDowell, too, kind of went off the field, but he walked off. Um, so I think he's good. I haven't heard anything about him this week. So to the start to start the week today. So uh, I think they dodged one with, with, with Malik. So um, <laughs> compared to the, the luck the Ravens have, it's just like, oh, my God, what is happening this year? Like the Ravens are like shit out of luck on injuries and the Browns are dodging bullets left and right. It's like the fortunes have shifted. You know, we uh, let's hope we can keep it good. The, the good uh, injury vibes going, because uh, that's part of winning a championship is you've got to have some some injury luck. Um but Speaking yes. of injury luck, guess who might be back this week? Who's presumably back this week? I don't know. You tell you tell me because I like I said the one you're not going to talk about until he's actually on the field. It. <laughs> this is all you, Take especially with Landry back, and especially with I mean, I tend to think their inability to stretch the field might have been Baker's shoulder because again, you still had Njoku and you still had Anthony Schwartz on the field. But boy, if you get that boy 13 back, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, yeah, the one the one we do not speak of. No, the one we don't speak of until he actually shows his face on the field. So, but yeah, dodging bullets. Yes, that one person that you are talking about, I would like to see them back, especially now that Jarvis is going to be out. Because you know, I mean, you can have your thoughts about Jarvis, but I mean, the guy is still our most experienced receiver, and you know, uh, not having our two top guys is not exactly. Good. And, you know, you saw – and, you know, Anthony Schwartz still learned how to be a receiver. And mm-hmm. that kind of showed up on that pick with Baker. Um, you kind of not really putting that on Baker? Or what do you – how did you uh, see that? So I saw an old 22 angle today that was like, ah, 
that that ball's still a bad ball, even if Schwartz. There were like four drops. dudes in the vicinity yeah. of that ball. Like he still, but like I mean, I guess he sh- could have made an effort, uh, but he <laughs> could have. I don't know if he was ex- like he thought Baker wanted him to sit. I think that's what happened. But I mean, either way, that's it's it's not a very very smart ball. It looked um, like he didn't even think it was coming to him, or he didn't want to go to the hospital. Like one of the two. <laughs> Um, uh, that's fair <laughs> yeah but i it's, it's it was a, a fairly bad ball regardless um yeah that just kind of is what it is um other than that other than that yeah. yeah yeah um but going back to jarvis so i get i get what jarvis means to this team like i get it i get like his, his toughness the the quote-unquote leadership i get it but on the field his role on the field i don't think is going to be hard to replicate um because i mean i mean for one it, it, jarvis isn't a guy who who you're targeting if, if you notice him in one-on-one coverage like that's not Jarvis's skill set, he's not going to be a guy who's going to beat people off the line, stack them, get vertical. That's that's not his game. Jarvis's game is getting him ball quickly in space, letting him work in space, break tackles. Or his, his another area where he thrives is by eating up holes in zone coverage. So um, those are the two main ways that that Jarvis Landry thrives. And once he went out, Demetric Felton stepped right in and did that. So he scored on that 33-yard screen pass with a hell of a spin move uh felton again is not a guy who's going to burn you he's not super fast he's not going to stack you off the line of scrimmage but he's going to be one of those guys who if you get the ball into his hands he's going to make a play in space um and then if you're looking for another one of those those zone eaters like austin hooper does that harrison bryan does that david and joker does that like those are natural roles for tight ends to take on anyway so as much as jarvis might mean to this team i don't think what he's doing on the field is going to be that hard or what he was doing on the field is going to be extremely difficult to replicate with other personnel let's hope not because we're uh we're going to be without him and we're going to need those guys like shorts like dpj and uh felton to step up um especially if someone you know the guy we're not going to talk about till he's playing isn't ready to go next week either um let's talk about the uh dpj turnover what were kind of your thoughts on that is that just like an awesome play by the defense or Yes, but also one that's like, you got to prevent that. So, like, it can be both, right? Um, like, if you're catching a slant across the middle, you have to know there's a, there's a helmet coming at you. There's probably a helmet coming at you. Uh, so, like, sure, great play by the defense, but also, come on, man. Um, I tried. It's week two. I'm not going to, like, overreact to, to Donovan Peoples-Jones or anything like that, but I tried to, like, tell people, like, he can have a great camp. That's great for his development, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to see an increase of snaps or an increase in production. It's still like he's a six-round pick a year ago. He's going to take some time, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing. And again, it's week two, so I'm not going to overreact a lot, but him and Schwartz had the worst PFF grades on the entire offense yesterday. Um, so it's just like everybody – I mean, it's it's the Twitter culture. It's like the – the dopamine culture, these 10 second videos, you see Donovan Peoples-Jones making great catches against his teammates in practice. And you think, oh my God, this guy's like, he's improved so much, but it's like, let's just pump it, pump it up, pump it a little bit. Uh, so I hate to be a downer, but that's just kind of how it's felt with Donovan Peoples-Jones and something I tried to like, uh, like just give him time. 
and don't expect him to come in and be your wide receiver too, or the heir apparent to Odell Beckham Jr. Like that, that's an unfair of an assumption to make for a guy who was a six round pick a year ago. Well, he did play 70% of the, the offensive snaps and uh, he only had that one target. So I guess, do you think it's just more of uh, his skill set didn't really fit the way the game plan went with uh, all those shorter passes and the screens and whatnot? Either they have other guys that can fill those roles in a better way than Donovan Peoples-Jones? Or what do you make of his one target, I guess? That's interesting to me. Um, again, I could go back to Baker's shoulder. Um, again, Peoples-Jones isn't a guy who, at least based off of last year's tape, is able to win off the line of scrimmage a lot. Uh, he, he's not a guy who's going to beat press, press man coverage with, with a great deal of efficiency. And so if you're trying to, to target somebody underneath, like spacing-wise and just the ability to get open in short areas, I don't know if that's people's Jones' game rather than hitting him down the field on a post or uh, like across the middle on a slant, something like that. Like I, So – with Landry going out, that's not his role. And then, like, if I'm saying his role is, you know, down the field, on post, you know, comeback routes, whatever. If we're saying Baker's shoulder was the was what prohibited them from stretching the field that, that game, it makes sense why he didn't have a lot of targets. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. Especially, again, going back to the shoulder, screen passes happened quite a bit. Uh, tight ends got targeted a lot. So... That, that just is a, is a natural thing. It just sounds natural at that point. Yeah, it was nice to see you. You mentioned the tight ends. It was nice to see uh, Harrison Bryant get involved a little more in the offense this week and, uh, you know, not fumble the ball. So uh, these uh, these tight ends, man, we got to – I would hate to have a Browns tight end on my fancy team because they're just, like, constantly rotating these guys in and out and just constantly sharing the wealth, so – Right. And again, Brian did such a good job of sitting in, sitting in holes in the zone, picking apart. Uh, and, and Baker did a great job too. Uh, you know, a lot of those boots, you're working high to low on the boot. And so if the low's wide open, which is the, the little Bryant leak route, I mean, that's what he caught uh, week one and ran 17 yards. He had a couple of those this week. Um, and that, that incredible cover two hole shot from Baker, that, uh, that first quarter when he just launched that opposite hash into the, the hole across the field. Uh, for Harrison to, to come down with that was, was incredible. Um, another thing that's like hard to, to bring up right now, again, it's only week two, but it's also been a full season plus two weeks with, with this case is like, I think Harrison Bryant can do what you paid Austin Hooper $13 million to do, which is to essentially run block and sit five yards off the ball in holes and zones. Like, uh, I think, I think Harrison Bryant could probably do that for a lot cheaper. Um, but that's good. When I'm talking about tight ends, it's like your $13 million tight end is your least productive guy in the room right now. So what are we going to do about that? Uh, well, unfortunately you can't do too much about it with his money. So not this year, uh, this yeah. summer, this summer, there's or this spring, there's definitely stuff to do. You can, you can finagle with it, but, and I definitely think if, if this keeps up this way with Njoku and Bryant being the ones who, kind of control the the targets like why would you why, why would you pay that much money for a player that with a skill set that's looking pretty replaceable by a fourth round tight end um and that's selling Harrison Bryant short just to call him a fourth round tight end as well but 
uh, I mean, he's not going to get vertical or, or like he's not going to get vertical or make plays at the catch point down the field. Like David and Joku is, he's not going to make plays after the catch like David and Joku is. So like that feels natural that you would pay the tight end who has what I would consider the irreplaceable skill set in the room and then let the other tight end and Brian take over the role that, that, I mean, Hooper's kind of been subscribed to. Um, so that makes sense to me. That's too much probably tight end talk, uh, especially when we're talking about things uh, in the off season. So, um, but that's just kind of what comes to my mind. Uh, yeah, and I hope the rumors are true about that and Joku wanting to sign with Cleveland because I think that that dude's just going to get better and better as the season goes on. He's only 25 years old too, which is absurd because he's been in the league for five. This is his fifth year in the league and he's only 25. So it's just like, yes, his skill set, his maturation and his age. It's just like, yes, this is the natural, this is your natural starting tight end. Like this is it. It's just, Last year it wasn't. This summer it wasn't obvious to some, and now that the, the Browns have started playing football again, it's just like yes, this is this makes sense. <laughs> He's that guy. You're, you're that guy, pal. You're that guy. He's that guy, pal. <laughs> but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about someone else who you know had a very good Sunday, and someone who usually has a pretty good Sunday, and uh, his name is Nicholas Jamal Chubb, and just how. <laughs> freaking solid and uh-huh. awesome i i mean i think everyone on the texans touched nicholas chubb at one point on on sunday and probably only two people were able to tackle him so yeah he the was dude just the dude is an animal he was incredible uh he was incredible that's 11 that, carries that's 11 but carries I, 11 carries um which also speaks to how sharp baker mayfield was to be able to keep the ball moving uh, with, with Nick Chubb only having 11 carries, but there, there's, it's no longer a debate for me internally. Like you could say Derrick Henry. I mean, he balled out too. You could say Christian McCaffrey best pure runner in the NFL is Nick Chubb. Like pound for pound, best pure runner, Nick Chubb. I'm, I'm, I'm there. So <laughs> somebody, his size should not be as light footed as they are either. Uh, but that's what we see week in and week out for what, three years now is just he's so ginger his eyes are so good he can cut back on a dime he sees the cutback lanes he can make people miss in the open field you think a dude his size is trying to run over you which he certainly can but the dude can cut on a dime too like the eyes the feet the strength like pound for pound he's the best runner in the nfl I don't know if he's going to get that respect as long as Kareem Hunt is on this team as well, because he's just not going to get the workload that, you know, Derrick Henry's getting. So it's so almost, he, it's interesting. He gets that respect from the analytics community. The analytics community love Nick Chubb, like off, he's like off the charts as an efficiency runner. Like his efficiency as a runner is like not comparable to anybody else in the league. But it, it does kind of seem to be like the, the casual fans or like the talking heads who are like, but Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000 yards. It's like, that's, that's fine. He got 14 million carries. But Nick Chubb is like efficiency. Efficiency-wise, like nobody makes the most out of their touches like Nick Chubb. It's very fair. He's at, I mean, he averaged almost nine yards of carry on Sunday. So the dude is, 
It's it's crazy. And I would love to know the number of after contact yards because the first guy that meets him is it's not he's you're not bringing him down. Like, sorry. Sorry, no. pal. You are not that guy. Did you see the 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 one cutback where Vernon Hargraves tried to come up and tackle him and he completely went like down a water slide? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's a that's just a regular occurrence at this point. It is, which is funny because I would say Kareem Hunt is probably a little bit more explosive. But you would think Kareem Hunt would be the one who would be like, oh, this is the guy who's going to come in and he's going to make like make people miss in the open field. Kareem Hunt's the freaking battering ram and Nick Chubb's the guy who's going <laughs> to who's gonna like make people miss yeah. in the open field. Kareem Hunt's going balls to the wall as soon as he gets the carry right to the back of somebody. Like, that's just what Kareem Hunt does. Um, incredible duo. Man, I, you can't say enough about Nick Chubb. Best running back in the league. Yes, it's a it's our Nick Chubb segment. We're just showing a little love to our guy. Um, speaking of uh, going and fucking shit up, uh, did you see that fan fight? So little Browns yes. on Browns um, <laughs> violence on Sunday. Oh man! So somebody must must have like. I bet it was over who the better quarterback was between Brian Hoyer and Johnny Manziel. It's probably what started the fight. Oh, that's yeah. That that might be it. Or you know. It could be over uh, Ray Farmer and uh, oh my God, one <laughs> <laughs> so, of our other amazing general managers. But no joke, 2014. It was my my senior year of college. Me and a buddy from our college in, in Indiana. We are both Browns fans. We bought tickets well in advance to this game in December: the Browns versus the Bengals. No idea what it would lead up to, and then that's the week they announced, like, "Hey, Johnny Manziel's starting." So like, we're like, oh shit, we're going to Johnny Manziel's first start. And I remember saying to him on the way up, I was like, man, this is either going to go really great or really poorly. Like there's, there's, there's no in between. And it went real poorly. Uh, <laughs> Narrator said uh, it went poorly. <laughs> like 30 to nothing. Johnny Manziel had like six completions or something like that for like, it was, it was bad. Uh, but we were leaving the stadium and two dudes in the stadium, in the seats, Full on fist fight over who the better quarter, who gave the Browns the better option to win between Brian Hoyer and Johnny Manziel. Why? Why are we fighting each other, guys? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, at least I, it didn't. Honestly, I watched the video a couple times. It didn't look like anyone was actually harmed. In the everyone, they were both swinging so slowly that it was. <laughs> it didn't seem like anyone was actually putting any damage onto the other. So at least nobody got hurt, I guess. It could be more like the uh, Aaron Donald, the lady who threw like a drink on the oh guy. Oh my gosh, yes. The guy put him to sl- put her, tried to put her to sleep. But I mean, oh. you know. It was on, over guys. It was over whether or not the Browns were a run first or a pass first team. <laughs> That's what it was about. No, it was probably a Jarvis Landry. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I could see that. I could see that probably more than any of them. We'll see. Well, there's plenty of time to fight over that. Honestly, you and I might fight over that sometime. <laughs> but yeah, so there was that, and uh, um, the the Muni lot man back and packed. They don't give beautiful. a fuck about drinking. They don't give. They don't care what the police say. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> it was a beautiful sight. It's a beautiful sight. Football is back, baby. Love it. Love it. Um, but, uh, some other things around before we, uh, kind of get your take on, uh, some of the things the Browns did in the game. Uh, what are you making of all these taunting calls? Do you you love taunting calls? Are you like, obviously it's ridiculous. Everyone thinks it's ridiculous. There's 
there's nine there's 19 already and there were like 39 total in all of 2020 it's like did you see there was a press conference i forget whose owner it was one of the owners of one of the teams some really rich white old dude it was having a press conference and somebody asked him like you're on this committee like what was the rule and he's like oh well you know it just takes away from the spirit of the game and nobody wants to see that and it's like we all want to see that we live for that bring it back it's like what game was it uh what was i watching it was one of the taunting oh it was the seattle game seattle tennessee the seattle defensive back makes a beautiful play on the ball downfield beautiful play on the ball gets up celebrates he's like hype about it and get gets called for a taunting penalty just like come on yeah he's flowing clapping after tackles like it's just it's 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 stupid it's it's horrible how long do you think before they revert versus shit I hope by the end of the season. Yeah. They should have done it and like tested it out in the preseason like they do some rules and realize, oh, this isn't gonna work. Oh, it's, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh we can hope that uh, some changes come down because we have not we haven't really been a victim of it yet, but you know, only a matter of time. Now that Jarvis is gone, I feel like our chances of having a taunting call go way down because he's like it was probably our uh, team leader in that statistic but <laughs> you never know don't want to be a victim of that because i think it's like 15 yards and that's just a drive killer so baker's gonna get in somebody's face and <laughs> <laughs> let's hope not let's hope baker doesn't get in anyone's face anymore because that's i don't want to see him tackle anybody and you know kareem hunt had the funny line he was like hey next time let me tackle that guy <laughs> But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's not do that anymore. Maybe nope. just maybe just don't throw any more picks, and then we don't have to worry about it. But you know, yeah. if it does happen, just you know, pull the Tom Brady, pull the like, just sit on the ground and watch it, watch him run by. <laughs> but let Anthony Schwartz chase him down. <laughs> I love it. Take a lap. <laughs> but uh, yeah, speaking of laps, talk about the Giants on Thursday night. We'll get to that. But you imagine how many laps are being ran in New York. So that offsides call was was bullshit for one but <laughs> all right save it save it save it save it for the breakdown <laughs> okay all right so give me something that the browns did i mean we won the game but give me something mm-hmm. that you stuck out to you that they did well on sunday they did well i mean obviously running the football uh getting wide to the perimeter specifically in wide outside zone runs was was dynamite um so obviously i thought i thought they ran the football really well i actually thought the second level played well as well defensively like we've been ragging on the linebackers for months. And then I, I actually felt like even Mac Wilson, like Malcolm Smith, JOK played very well playing in the box. Um, so I thought someone holding played, a gun to you right now. Well. No, I'm, I'm here. Um, Blink twice. If you're in trouble, your camera's off. I guess mine's <laughs> not though. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought the second level played really well. Never thought I'd say that, but here we are. Well, I'm glad. I think I saw our corners struggle a little bit, but um, you know, I will I'll defer to you on that, I guess. But um, I'd like to see Denzel Ward not chasing wide receivers other than Brandon Cooks from behind. But you know, Greg Newsom is a rookie, so there's room for room for improvement. I thought Greg Greg on that one downfield shot played it real well. Didn't make contact initiated the catch point broke it up um but i i also agree uh for one i don't think john johnson's played super well uh, to start the season 
Uh, and then Denzel Ward also had the second lowest PFF grade of say, say what you want about PFF grades. Like I'm not here to make that decision for you, but like, I'm just saying this is where PFF had them scored with John Johnson as the lowest PFF grade. Um, You're just going to call him a boomer if they disagree with you. That's all. That's not true. <laughs> I'm a very open-minded individual. All right. So give me something that, Oh, maybe you just did, I guess. But would you say that the secondary is kind of what they did not do well? Yes. Um, for one, I don't think defensive play calling is setting them up to do well. Like you're entering a team like I get Brandon Cooks has some vertical speed, but like you're, they're lining up Nico Collins and Chris Conley across Neo and you're like timid to, to run press man, like no sacks. And that's You're not, not even a sacks guy. That's not even that's not on the defensive line. The defensive line plays well, but when you're like you're not giving your corners the opportunity to stop quick passes or stop the quarterback from getting the ball out quick, like not even Miles Garrett's gonna get home, which they beat the shit out of Miles Garrett yesterday, yeah. dude. Jesus, man, yes. uh, they were chipping him every every damn play. Um, also holding him just about Jesus, every play too, man. So. Yeah, they were beating the shit out of him, but. So the defensive play calling is, is it's like baffling to me. It's like now that Delpit's back, you saw the range Delpit has working downhill and working over the top. You have a safety who can cover some ground, like let your corners come up and play, let them come up and play. Um, and I think once they allow, they have two dudes who can play press man, two athletic long dudes who can come up and, and, and play press man. So I don't know. I don't know. It's I'm nearing the conversation with Joe Woods. Brown's Twitter is turning on Joe Woods. Not so yet. Not there yet. At? Not yet. I'm not there yet. But hot uh, last year, last year we were like, oh, they just have the personnel. Like you can't, you can't move Terrence Mitchell up there, and you know they don't have another safety to play back here, and the linebacker. You got the personnel this year. Like we're not doing this. We're not having this conversation again this year. So I, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand it, but so if you're turning on your seat warmer in your car, are you putting it on the low or are you turning it on high? It's moderate. Okay, I don't think that's a setting, but okay. They have like five notches on the oh, you're the seat warmer. Oh, like yeah, it is low and high. I'd say low. It's not hot. Like he's not in danger of getting fired within the next two weeks. If Justin Fields carves us up. We'll see. We'll talk, we'll talk about it after Dude. that. And we're going to get into that th- later this week when we preview the Bears. We the will. Bears are coming to town. I'm just saying Justin Fields' performance wasn't as bad as the box score would say either. I watched that. But I would much rather face Andy Dalton. Much rather face Andy Dalton. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Give me the ginger quarterback seven days a week. Yeah. Um. Okay, so, yeah, you kind of uh, – I, I wanted to talk about the pass rush struggles, but you kind of just did. You kind of uh, – put it more so on the defensive um the way the corners were kind of playing that kind of affected the the pass rush i guess and then miles garrett getting the shit beat out of a man held more than you know a preteen at uh at a prom dude it was absurd absurd i, I thought they had a good game plan I, I mean david johnson was always engaging with him coming out and passing right and their their tight ends were it instantly engaging with him um getting their tackles some relief. So, I mean, they came out with a good game plan on him, but man, yeah, he got, he got murked. Uh, yeah. So 
Karen, if uh, we want our uh, defensive, unfortunately, if we want our defensive uh, player of the year predictions to uh, come about, we're going to have to, he's going to have to kick it in gear. Well, yeah, and you already talked about Grant Delpit a little bit, so I don't think we really need to do that. Um, so what are you kind of thinking about the old uh, Chicago Bears coming to town next week? Again, I would much rather face Andy Dalton. Um, Justin Fields still has a, tr- a tremendous ability to, to extend plays with his legs, and he threw some real nice balls towards the boundary um, yesterday as well. So, I mean, he fumbled and threw a pick uh, to a, like a middle, middle field defender he didn't even see. Um, processing like his eyes aren't an issue. I don't know why people keep saying that. Like, I think he's seeing the field wise, seeing the field well, but similar to the 2019 Browns, I, I like kept watching that game and I was like, what are they doing? Like they were lining up in gun running five step drops out of gun with two tackles who were like bottom of the barrel tackle. Yeah. So it's like, you're giving edge rushers a sharper angle to your quarterback. Like, so Matt Nagy get on that, but again, I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him on Sunday. So, which I think we're going to, I really think we're going to, but I hope we don't. Um, yeah, Andy, Andy's injury did not sound uh, promising. So No, no. Like and it's bittersweet. It's like I've been so hyped for Justin Fields, and I've, like, waited for him to, to be named the starter, and it's like, oh, it's against the Browns. Yeah. Like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, yeah, their defense looked pretty good, too. Looks like the uh, Bears defense of uh, – I mean, take what you want. It's, a, it's, the, it's the Bengals offensive line, but, you know, yeah. they didn't look bad. No. They got some players. They still got some. They dudes, got the so. the line fifty eight. Can't think of his name. Um, the linebacker, first round pick, a couple. Roquan Smith. Yeah, dude, he looks like a baller. I'd love to have him on the Browns, but you know. Yeah. Another day, yeah. another time. But uh, yeah, so let's talk about our uh, picks. You know, one of us, uh, you know, like we said last week, put our nuts on the table, picked the old uh, Broncos to beat the Jags. I don't know. I actually don't know how much of that is actually putting your nuts on the table because the Jags are awful. And the Broncos are very good. And you were probably sweating a little bit when Tyrod was still in the game. About uh, I just always felt like, oh, the Browns, they're going to win. But, like, this isn't pretty. I always had that feeling throughout the game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a little bit. But I always had the feeling I, they're, they're going to win. <laughs> Yeah, so if you did not join us last week for our Texas preview, we uh, broke out our new uh, survivor uh, pool that Corey and I are doing. So we are both uh, picking uh, a team to win one game each week. And uh, basically it works like a survivor bet where we can't pick the same team twice in the year. And uh, we're keeping a record in the most losses at the end of the season is uh, going to have to chug a 12-pack of beer uh, during a podcast at some point. So uh, stakes are very high. And, yeah, I don't uh, want to hear about, like, this pissing contest on a week-to-week basis when that's on the line. Like, I'll take the obvious winner if I see an obvious winner every week. Uh, that's fine. I mean, so, hey, whatever you do, whatever you got to do to get it done, I guess. But, you know, I like, to, I like to sweat a little bit on Sundays. I like to know something that's on the line. So you're right. I'm not going to take uh, whoever's playing the Jags every week, or maybe I will. I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah, go. we're both we're both one and oh, so nothing or no, no, uh, nobody's on the nobody's on the hot seat right now, I guess. But Joe Woods is definitely on a hotter seat than we are as of this. That's morning. true. That's true. But uh, other than that, so, yeah, you picked the Browns. I picked the um, 
the Broncos to beat the Jags. But uh, let's go over these games. Let's start with uh, Thursday night. Just give me a couple of your thoughts on the games. Um, the first one was uh, the Washington football team uh, won on a last-second field goal, um, and they beat the Giants 30-29. to 29. What were your, kind of your thoughts on that? Yeah, for, for starters, the offsides by Dexter Lawrence was kind of bullshit because the snapper moved the ball and you're taught to watch the ball if you're on, on field goal unit. So like that's bullshit. But I will say like you like shit happens when you have a JV coach running your team. So like they shouldn't have been in the position to where it came down to the last second field goal anyway. But that kind of shit happens when you have a meathead who should be a strength and conditioning coach at an FCS school as the head coach of your team. So it just kind of happens. Yeah, I think the uh, Giants are going to be looking for a quarterback next year. I also agree with that. So I thought Daniel Jones actually played pretty well down the stretch a year ago, but boy, he is off to a rough start this year. Not good. Not good. And Tyler Heineke. He's moving it. That's a legend. Yes, a legend. That touchdown to former Browns legend Ricky Seals Jones was an absolute bullet, too. (laughs) It was a bullet. Ricky Seals Jones. God bless. All right, well, uh, how about – oh, this one made me happy, dude. The Raiders, 26, Steelers, hey. 17. So I was at our buddy's house this weekend, yesterday, watching football. And it was glorious. In his house, who's a Steelers fan, to watch. To he's watch a this. fake Steelers fan, but yeah. Yeah, he's from Ohio, so it's whatever. Uh, it was glorious. I didn't rub it in in the moment, but I – but. Uh, yeah, well, you should have. Because I want to, I would have loved to have been there and watched the life just leave his eyes. Because I was also with a fake Steelers fan from Ohio, and uh, didn't hold back. Didn't hold back. I mean, there's Dude, a thing called Ben like is a, so washed. It's not even close. He's he's so gone. He's bad. And T.J. Watt's hurt now too. So whew, things are not looking good for the old Pittsburgh Steelers. I got Najee on my fantasy team though, so I hope they keep giving him like 20 carries a game. So yeah, he looked pretty good. That's the one thing I will say about that. All right, 49ers, 17, Eagles, 11. Dude, do you know how much shit I got on Twitter this week from Eagles fans because I said, hey, man, don't overreact to Hurts throwing 14 passes behind the line of scrimmage. And they're like, oh, oh, you're just jealous. Oh, he played amazing. Blah, blah, blah. His average depth of target was three and a half yards last week. This year, this week, they kind of took that shit away from him and made him, forced him to throw the ball down the field and he lays an egg. So, uh. Also, Jimmy G didn't play much better. Let's let's be clear. He was he was also not good. Uh, I just want Trey Lance, man. I want Trey Lance. Well, if he keeps playing like that, you might get to see him sooner than sooner than later. But yeah, uh, it hurts me to say, but Jalen Hurts might not be good. Uh, so last week I thought he might be, but never has been. I have I have flipped the script. Um, okay, so we got uh, Broncos twenty three, Jags thirteen. Dude, I'll say it again. I said it last week. As long as Teddy Bridgewater just plays point guard at a high level, that Broncos team is going to be very difficult to beat. Very difficult to beat. They are very talented on, on offense, I will say that. And That's defense. A, They're loaded on both sides of the ball. But, yeah, they uh, lost Josie Jewell for the season today, and uh, Bradley Chubb is also hurt. So hopefully they uh, – I mean, what am I saying? I don't give a shit if they're injured. But – uh. For their sake, anyways. <laughs> Hopefully they're okay. All right. Oh man, this one this one hurts me, dude. Panthers 26, Saints seven. 
Jameis, what are you doing, oh, man? Oh, buddy. Man, the pan- I will say this. If you look at Sam Darnold's charts over the past two weeks, he's not like – he's not being asked to do a whole lot. But he's doing well at what he's being asked to do. Um, but they're avoiding the middle of the field with him quite a bit. There's not a lot of depth to his throws. Um, but, hey, it's good coaching. Um, similarly to Jalen Hurts a week ago, like it's, it's good coaching. Um, I wonder how sustainable Carolina's offense is. Um, we'll see. But, yeah, Jameis, that, it's, it's, the, it's the classic Jameis narrative. He balls out one week, the next week he lays an egg. It's just what it is. It's who Hurts he is. Hurts me, dude. Hurts me. He needs <laughs> to get a refund on his LASIK. <laughs> that thing was – oh, man, that, that sucked. That really sucked. I wanted Jameis to do well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we'll see. He needs to break out some other – a new uh, new training video to to get us all back on the Jameis train. But, yeah, uh, like what you said, I mean, I mean, listen, this is – if Sam Darnold keeps playing like this, I don't think Adam Gase is ever going to get an NFL job again because between him and Ryan Tannehill, like there's not much of a – not a, you're not building a great resume. <laughs> no. No, you are not. No, you and hopefully not. it's not uh, Joe Brady, all Joe Brady, because I think Joe Brady's going to be coaching the Bengals next year. So, see if Joe Brady bounces and then this offense falls apart, then, you know, hopefully Sam Darnold, it isn't just like you said, what he's being asked to do in the offense that they're running. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, this one's a little bit uh, – I guess it wasn't a total shocker once Tua went out. But Bills 35, Dolphins, nothing. Dude, sucks for Tua. I, I'm now wondering how long until Deshaun Watson is a Miami Dolphin. Pick him up on your fantasy team now, folks. That's where my mind goes. I don't. Here's the thing. Here's another thing. I don't even think Josh Allen played that well. But they just that defense terror. Well, Miami's offensive line is five garbage bins. Um, but that that Bills defense absolutely tore Jacoby Brissett apart. Um, I hope it's, it's funner. Like football's more fun when Josh Allen is balling. So I hope he kind of picks it up. But over the first two weeks, it looks like Josh Allen regression is upon us. But I really, I really hope not. Yeah, that uh, Bill's defensive line is uh, scary. Dude. Dude. They got a lot of dudes. It's all the young dudes. Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau, AJ Vanessa, even Star Lodaletti, who's like 35. He's not that old, but Jerry Hughes, he's an older guy. Oh, yeah. Him. Uh, they got perfect balance of age and youth of like youth and experience in that room. Carlos Basham Jr. Oh yeah. I forgot about ton, ton of guys. All right. Rams 27 Colts 24. Dude. How do you sprain both angles? <laughs> <laughs> Bro. He's, he's cursed, man. I feel, I don't even know if I feel bad for him because he does it to himself. He's just always, I just feel like he's always doing dumb shit. Like, just like fucking, like it's your fault that you keep getting hurt. Like it's, you can't even feel bad for him. Right. Right. Um, We're talking about Carson Wentz. If anybody is not following. Yes, we are. The Colts play better than I thought they were going to. Um, But yeah, I mean, Rams, Daryl Henderson, looks real good hope he's not hurt too bad uh because i i have him on my fantasy team as well but uh the rams look good rams look good man well yeah the rams uh stafford mvp uh 
I think it's going to pick up some steam here. Yeah. All right. Bengals 17, Bears 20. All right. It's too early for this. But you're going to make a lot of people mad. Don't say it. Hometown kid. Don't do it. For one, I'm not sure he has an NFL arm. So that's something to watch out for. But I digress. Um, the Bears offense uh, looked great at times, looked not great at other times. Again, there were a couple. I mean, D- Justin Fields had two touchdowns dropped. I don't know if you saw that. Um, and then another dime outside the numbers. Oh, yep. man. Jeez. Um, which dramatically changes the perception of what people think of his first real playing time. But um, he can just do some things that Andy Dalton can. And so I'm just – get healthy, Andy. Get healthy. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to touch the Joe Burrow thing. I would just say that Bengals fans are making him very unlikable. And I love him. Uh, all right, Patriots twenty-five, Jets six. Dude, that was some. That first half was some of the worst quarterback play on both sides. Uh, <laughs> stat line, the stat line, or uh, at least uh, Zach Wilson's stat line was awesome. That's true. Have you seen Mac Wilson's chart or uh, Mac Jones's chart? No, I haven't. He's got one pass over twenty yards from, from yesterday's game. Uh, it was just some bad quarterback play. Um, Man, Zach Wilson, jeez, buddy. Tough, tough. Four picks, three in the first half. His first two passes were picked off. Jeez. Yeah, it's not not ideal. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Zach Wilson, I did extensive work in these quarterbacks. Zach Wilson was the quarterback I liked fourth most. So I liked Lawrence Fields and Lance all better in that order. I didn't have a first-round grade on Zach Wilson. Um, but I knew like the quarterback boost quarterbacks always get a boost in draft stock. That's how it works. Uh, second overall, man, I just never saw it. Like Trey Lance short, take him second overall. Justin Fields, take him second overall boy. And I thought, I thought Zach Wilson would be fine. Like you're bringing over San Francisco influence, Shanahan influence into New York. So it's like, okay, you're going to be running a lot of Shanahan concepts outside zone concepts, but you know, quarterbacks tend to be eased into those things which just hasn't been the case in New York. So I don't know if, if Mike McDaniels is finally doing what he wants outside of San Francisco and maybe expanding outside of the, the Shanahan philosophy or if Wilson just isn't picking it up. But, man, it's ugly right now. Yes, it is. Buccaneers, 48. Falcons, 25. If you ever get the chance to own Chris Godwin in a PPR league, you got to do it. That's what so, that's what you're taking away. <laughs> that's what I'm taking away. Tom Brady's unbelievable. Gronkowski looks again like he's a top five tight end. It's in the insane. It's, it's unbelievable. It's insane. Unbelievable. Uh geez, that team is loaded. That team's loaded. Like it doesn't matter if they can't run the football because they have 14 dudes who can catch the football. <laughs> like yeah. Antonio Brown wasn't matter. even yeah. Antonio Brown wasn't even like a factor this week. And like it's just they just have so many guys like. I don't. I don't know if I don't know if anyone could stop them. To be completely honest, no. I don't think anybody has the personnel to line up man for man with them. Absolutely not. No, it's going to take like an injury or something just so to give somebody else a chance. But yeah, they are. You have three All Pro wide receivers and an All Pro tight end in the same offense. Each of those players has been named to an All Pro. 
and two backup tight ends that are probably better than half the league's starting tight end. (laughs) And then you have like, you know, three average running backs. You have a a really good offensive line. And oh, by the way, you also have an amazing defense. So yeah, going to be tough, tough slide. I now have to look that up. I, I I don't know for a fact that Mike Evans has been into an all pro. So I need to do my facts checking. He has not. Mike Evans is the only wide receiver of those of the three that has not made an all pro. This is sports talk. You don't have to be right. Sorry, guys. Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown have both been named all pros now. There we go. All right. Uh Cardinals 34. Vikings and Greg the leg. Oh 33. Boy. Man, I was rooting for Greg, man. I was rooting for him. Uh Kyler's fun, man. Kyler's fun. Although he and and then Lamar and Mahomes, we'll get to this later, were kind of the same way. They got a little feeling invincible down the stretch where they're just like, oh, we can do whatever the hell we want. Uh, (laughs) But man, Kyler, Kyler looks dialed in to start the season. Um, He started off hot last year, too. Yeah, he's just got he starts. What happens is like even when he's playing well, he throws about two or three turnover worthy plays out there a game whether or not the defense capitalizes them on, on them or not is a different story. But like he, those plays are definitely there for Kyler Murray because he's just fearless. Um, but their offense is fun, man. AJ green, dude, the return, the return, man. All Good right. For him for getting out of Cincinnati. And you are just taking it to Cincinnati. Today. I'm sorry, guys. It's Kentucky. It's Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Free football on this one. Titans in overtime, 33. Seahawks, 30. Dude, I don't know how the Seahawks blew that game. Yeah, they, they, they kind of oh blew my it. God. They blew it big time. Oh, the week to have Derrick Henry. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, Julio Jones looked real good, too. Hopefully, that's a sign of things yes. to come for him. Got man. robbed. Julio's got robbed of his touchdown. Oh, dude. he did. I was pissed. Um in case you didn't notice, he's not washed, as many speculated this offseason. Um, I tweeted this out this week. Especially Brown's Twitter has, but I, I think it's NFL Twitter in general, has the ability to like see somebody who's like over the age of 30 and be like, oh, I don't want that guy. That guy's washed. We did it with Julio Jones. We did it with J.J. Watt. We did it with Melvin Ingram. Like all, all these players, they're like, oh, no, they're old. We don't want that. And they're like all playing at a high level. So <laughs> these dudes are freak cause... athletes. They can play until they're like, 40. Yeah. Do you think it's just because we have our young, talented team and we're just not, we're kind of like almost, oh, what's the word? We're almost like adapting too much to Andrew Barry's mentality. It was like, no, we only like young, uh, young players who, you know, are looking for a second contract and we're just building our core up like this. Like, you know, we can qualify as like superstars, though. I mean, I'm, I'm with you, dude. If you, Bring in if you think Julio's that, I would have instantly the best Julio. receiver on the team. Yeah, by a mile and a half. Uh, yeah. <laughs> JJ Watt is better than Jadavian Clowney. Like these aren't conversations that like it's just it is what it is. JJ Watt is insanely productive when he's healthy, and he has. He, I mean, he was hurt. I think eight games last year, but like he's played quite a few games over the past three years. It's not like he misses three seasons and at a time. Like <laughs> so, yeah. 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 And then Melvin Ingram was like, it was just like, oh, he'd come in and be a rotational rusher. He'd be great. They're like, oh, we don't want him. He's old. And now he's tearing it up for Pittsburgh. So, unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Fortunately. But yeah, dude, Ryan Tannehill, man, what? I mean, I know everybody talks about it, but like, what? He's, he's so good. Like, he what is. a turnaround. 
He is from a uh, former wide receiver at Texas A&M to a Pro Bowl quarterback. Making his money, man. Good for him. The uh, quarterback before Johnny Manziel. Some forget. Yes. Quarterback before Johnny Manziel. Yes. Uh, all right. Cowboys 20, Chargers 17. This was a good game. It was a good game. Uh, man, Herbert threw a bad pick down the stretch. Threw a bad pick down the stretch, man. In the end zone. He still looked pretty good. Though. He I did. Think he can, I think he, he did. Your... He just has to know when to dial it in a little bit. Like he's full gunslinger all the time. Full, and it's and it's fun for most of the time. But there are those places like, ooh, you probably should have probably should have dialed that one back in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, once Dallas got the ball, it's like, okay, I've seen Dak do this a million times. Like, <laughs> yes, Dak is. Yeah. It's fun to have Dak back. I'm glad he's back. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Um, okay, so here's one. Um, also, Ravens. I think Dallas wins that bad NFC East. I don't know if that's a hot take, but I think Dallas wins the East. Well, yeah, now that Fitzmagic is gone, duh. Yeah. <laughs> Ravens 36, Chiefs 35. Man, conflicting Boy. game. Conflicting game. It here. was. Honestly, I wanted – I kind of just wanted Bane to come in the stadium and do what he did in the third Batman <laughs> movie, but you know, I would have taken a tie too. So it's true. Lamar was electric, man. Did you stay up and watch that game? Uh, I watched almost all of it. I fell asleep like you know, into the fourth quarter, so I did not get to see the uh, the final drive with Lamar. But you know, I woke up and saw it. So, so he struggled early in the game for sure. Those two picks early on, but boy, man, he he was electric in the second half running the football extending plays with his legs and, and then drawing defenders in to hit wide open dudes, man, Lamar's good. Um, he hasn't really developed again. Like I charted him last year and that like he was pretty accurate last year and he hasn't, hasn't been super accurate this year to start the season, but man, he's electric with the ball in his hands. So, uh, and then Mahomes is Mahomes. Like it was very wise of Kansas or to, uh, Baltimore in that fourth and one, even though they could have pinned pinned Kansas city back, you do that, you still give Mahomes a minute, like a minute 15 with a ball. So, like, be balls in, win the game. And they did it, man. I'm, that's dope. Yeah, it's uh, it was a tough morning for uh, Lamar haters because they were out in uh, out in uh, the dozens last week after they lost to the Raiders. But, yeah, yeah tough week for them. And how bittersweet is it that uh, Adafi Owe, uh, the Ravens' first-round pick that they uh, – got from the well i guess they didn't get it from the chiefs maybe the chiefs was uh bateman but um well no it was oa no it was oa he made he made the play against uh the guy they traded him for in orlando brown jr oh there's tough. here's the thing orlando brown's never actually been that good and the chiefs absolutely or the the ravens robbed them blind <laughs> in that deal so uh orlando brown has only been good because the, the, the ravens love tight ends and so he's always had half of a defender shaded um, by a tight end. Uh, and in the Chiefs offense, that's not the case anymore. A lot of times it's just five-man protection because they're sending 14 million people out on routes. And especially they're not keeping Travis Kelsey in the block. And so he has nobody else shading his man. So it's all him, and he's getting torched. He's getting absolutely torched. Bittersweet. Like I said, don't really know. It definitely I, – I would rather have to compete with the Ravens record-wise to win the AFC North and have to worry about how many games the Chiefs are actually going to lose this year. So I'm ha- I guess I'm happy that the Ravens ended up winning this game because, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, we need the – we already are down the uh, home field advantage to the Chiefs. So 
if we're gonna if we're gonna have a the, an AFC Championship game in Cleveland, we're gonna have to they're gonna have to lose some games. Indeed, two man race for the AFC North. Two man race. Let's hope. I hope Pittsburgh's dead. I hope they're dead. They don't look great. <laughs> well, we said that earlier, and then they uh, came out and looked good last week, and then we were almost had to eat our words. But I'm glad we're back on top now. Yeah, we're here. We're back to talking shit again. We're we back on our bullshit. We made it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how uh, how bad do the Packers beat the Lions tonight? Packers badly need a win. Uh, I, I think they come out and they kick their ass. <laughs> like I don't think they come out like they did last week. I think Rogers is gonna be pissed. Um, uh, so I, I think it, I think it's gonna be bad, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'm usually not right. So, um, yeah, but I think it's nah, bad. You're good. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Well, that is uh, that's our episode. Um, hopefully, you guys uh, come back uh, towards the end of the week when we uh, preview the Bears, and uh, we're gonna have some good stuff for you. So, join us then. But uh, as of right now, thanks for uh, tuning in. Once again, this is Nothing Rhymes with Orange. He is Corey Kennan. I am Riley McCormick. Uh, if you haven't, uh, we got our new, we got a new review. We saw you. We, we saw did. You. Wish, our ninth I, review, baby. Yes. I wish I could uh, remember who it was right off the bat. It's but, like uh, Flyleaf or something like that. Yeah, it is. Thank you, Flyleaf. We love you. We love our, we love our cuties. So, um, yes. But if you haven't subscribed, if you haven't uh, rated us, we would greatly appreciate that. And, uh, uh, for Corey, I am Riley, and we will talk to you guys later this week. Oh, I'm